Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Hey, well, good morning, Love City Church. We're glad that we can be with you this morning in your home uh, at Love City Church Online. And we're so thankful for the amazing, beautiful weather we've been having. Come on, we're going to dive right into the Word today. We are going to continue our series and actually finalize our series uh, this morning uh, and really this evening at uh, 7.30 tonight (laughs) as well. Um, We're going to be talking about your purpose, thriving and not surviving in your purpose. I'm also super excited about our series starting uh, next week called Hidden Treasures. And what we're going to be talking about is uh, how through this whole season we've been through, how there are a lot of different uh, treasures, values that have been uncovered during this season in my own life and many others' lives. And so we're going to be talking about things that we need to continue doing after this season uh, is over and uh, talking about how to find this hidden treasure and how we need to give our lives to, uh, to it and, and kind of, you know, go all in on these values, on these ideas. Uh, and we believe it'll build your faith and build your life. And then at the end of June, we're going to do some vision casting. We're going to give you some vision for our September season. And we are so excited about what God's going to do uh, in our church now and in the months to come. And we cannot wait to bring that to your attention. So come on, let's get into the word. Jump in your Bibles. It's going to be below you, and this time it'll be timed right. There you go. Uh, it'll be 1 Kings uh, chapter 19. We're going to jump into the Old Testament uh, this morning. We're going to walk through a very uh, short passage of Scripture. 1 uh, Kings chapter 19, and I'm going to read uh, verse 19, and then we're going to go all the way to verse 22. And again, we're talking about thriving and not just surviving in God's purposes for your life. And so let's read this out loud again, just the first verse, verse 19. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and walked away. <laughs> so this is a, a crazy story. Um, if you've never read it before, let me give you some context for who these characters are. Elijah is a man who's called a prophet. He's a man who heard from God and was able to communicate thoughts for God on God's behalf. In the Old Testament uh, is where you'll find it, in the book of 1 Kings, Elijah was a crazy man of God. In fact, the book of James says that Elijah was a normal man or a, a, a normal person, a human, just like you and just like me. And so Elijah is some crazy things. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain and that there'd be no rain for three years, and there was no rain for three years. Elijah was fed by crows, and God provided food for him along the a brook, along this waterway. And God went into, uh, or Elijah went into this, this city, and God provided oil, and he, he raised people from the dead. In fact, after Elijah had died, the, the, uh, a person who had died, bones touched Elijah's, and came, they came back to life. I mean, Elijah was this mighty, mighty, mighty man of God, and He was in a bit of a transition. God was transitioning him out of his ministry, and it was time for him to hand over his ministry to the next person, to the next prophet, to the next leader who was going to take over for Elijah. And so God told Elijah, I want you to go find this man named Elisha. 
And so he, the Bible says that Elijah went and found him, meaning he was searching for him. Elijah was searching, probably going from town to town. Hey, have you seen this guy named Elisha? He's from this town. Do you know who he is? Yeah, he's, I think his farm is up the street there to the right. Uh, they, they got a really nice house. They're super wealthy. And I think you'll see him. He'll be on the field probably working. And so Elijah comes down the street and, and he walks up to this beautiful home and this massive farm. And, and you could tell right away that Elisha, came from wealth. Like the fact that it identifies that Elisha was the 12th team of those plowing the field was an indicator in those days that he was a very wealthy guy. Like they had 12 teams of people plowing the field. Most farms had one. They had 12 and he was the last one coming up. And so this was a young guy who most likely was fairly wealthy and he had hit a lot of things in his life and he probably had a probably wealthy parents and lived in a beautiful home. And here's Elijah. And just out of, out of nowhere, imagine this for a moment. Elijah, or Elisha, I'm sorry, is plowing the field with his team and they're going around on this massive field and they're pulling these oxen. And all of a sudden they look across the way and there's this, this, this odd looking man with a robe and a long beard and he looks a little creepy and he's got this jacket with him, this coat with him and he's beamlined he's right towards Elisha. And Elisha's like, hey, hey, John, do you see this guy? What's he doing? He's walking right across the field on a mission. And here's a, Elisha just plowing his field and all of a sudden, he just beelines it right across the way. And they're like, hey, you know, should we call security? Or like, what's this guy doing? And he comes all the way across. And he stands right in front of Elisha. He throws the coat at him, throws right over his shoulder. And he turns around and he walks away. I mean, this is so crazy and random and unconventional. I mean, just imagine for a moment, you're sitting at work and you're working in your cubicle and work's busy and the business is doing well and things are going great. And all of a sudden, this man comes in dressed like me. He looks kind of like a homeless guy and he's got a big beard and he's got a suit jacket over his shoulder and he walks into your cubicle and throws a jacket on you and turns around and walks away. I mean, that's a weird day at the office. And this is an odd moment in this story where Elijah, Elijah just threw the jacket, didn't even say anything, just walks away. I mean, what a crazy story that is, but the reality is, is that this is what God does in our life when it comes to his purposes. What God does is he enters our life. He walks right down the field of our life, down the center of our lives. He catches us in whatever we're doing. He accosts us. He gets our attention and he says, I have a call on your life for something greater. He throws his mantle on us. He throws his anointing on us. He throws his calling on us. He calls us in one moment, in one instant, in one season of your life. God breaks through your world and comes down and calls you to something greater. And we see this all throughout the scriptures. I mean, think about it for a moment. Abraham, 75 years old, built an amazing business selling idols, was crafting idols for people who wanted to worship their gods. And one day, God entered Abraham's life and said, hey, I want you to give everything up. I want you to leave your wealthy life and I want you to move out into a tent. And I want you to travel across this land, never having a home to end up in Canaan, where you'll never have a permanent place to live. And I want you, eventually you're going to have a child, and I want you to sacrifice this child. God entered Abraham's life. He's towards the end of his life. God walked right into his world, and he called him. He looked him right in the eyes and said, Okay, this I have God, I'm calling you today. God's purpose is on your life. I'm throwing my mantle on you. I want you to go right now, change everything that you're doing and follow after my purposes. Think about this, David, sitting on the side of a field, 16 years old. He's out there taking care of the sheep, his dad's sheep. And what he doesn't know is that his father decided to throw a party without him. 
All the friends came over, all the families there. They're all having a good old time. They're all there because Samuel the prophet was going to anoint one of, uh, one of David's, David's brothers, the king. And Samuel knew that none of these men were the king. And here's David out on the backside of a, a field, a little ready young boy that wasn't even invited to the party. And they said, we're going to stand here and wait until you go get David. And David's standing there. He's probably playing his guitar, just like, you know, James is, gonna, James is doing throughout today, playing his guitar, singing to the Lord, worshiping God. And all of a sudden, a servant walks up and says, hey, David, this is kind of awkward. Um, there's a party going on. You weren't invited, but the party has all been stopped. Music's off. Everyone, no more eating, no more drinking. Wait here until we get David. And so David's like, okay. And he walks in. And the moment he walks in, Samuel takes his big vat of oil, pours it over the top of his head, and says, you're going to be the next king of Israel. All David was doing was working in the field and God intersected his life. God walked right into his world and said, guess what? Everything you thought you were going to do with your life, I got a better plan for you. I'm going to throw my coat on you. I'm going to throw my mantle on you. I'm going to throw my purposes on you. This is all throughout the scripture we see this. We see Moses was walking on the backside of a desert for 40 years, 80 years old. And one day he stumbles upon a bush that's on fire and finally, the voice of God comes from the bush. And Moses is told, he's just this regular guy working on the, uh, just a regular servant. He says, you are going to be the one who leads my people out of Egypt into the promised land. Moses was just a regular servant boy on the backside of a desert. And in one moment, when Moses went all the way to the far wilderness at the end of the desert, he was called by God and the purposes of God were called for Peter in the in Gospels. He's out there standing on the very edge of the water. He's fishing. He's got a beautiful fishing business. Things are going great. Fishing all night long. They're coming in after a long night of not catching anything. And this man named Jesus is preaching on the side of the shore. He turns around and looks at Peter and says, Hey, Peter, can I use your boat as a platform so that I can preach to all these people? Peter says, Sure. He gets on the boat, turns around, looks at Peter and says, Oh, by the way, you're no longer going to fish for fish. You're going to fish for people. I'm going to build my church on you. You're going to bring a move of God to this planet by establishing the church. And Peter, I'm going to build this church on you. You're like a rock. He called the purposes of God. In one moment, in one instant, he's out doing his job. God comes and calls him. How about Paul? Paul had an assignment to go destroy this cult, these people who believed called the way. They believed in this man named Jesus. And Paul believed that they were against what God wanted. And Paul's on his way to go to Damascus to do what he had received permission to do. And on his way, the Bible says that a light shone around him. And he fell off of his horse. And he looked up and realized that it was God. And in one moment, this is what God said to him. I have chosen you to be my instrument for my purposes on this earth. You will go and reach the Gentile people. And you and I today stand here today because of that one moment. <laughs> See, what God does is he enters your world. He calls you. He, he compels you. You're, you're working your job. You're at a construction site. You're, you're, you're doing, working on someone's teeth. You're, you're out selling radio. You're, you're out building high rises. You're, you're doing all these different things. And God enters right into your life and says, hey, guess what? I want to use you for my purposes. I got a bigger plan for you. I got something that's above and beyond. All that you can ask or dream or imagine. There is something bigger for you listen my way is better than your way the things I have for you are greater and bigger and larger and you'll go farther the purposes of God 
He calls you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ here today and you're watching, this is one of the big differences between maybe somebody who is a follower of God and somebody who is not. As a follower of God, we have the honor and the privilege of being called by the Creator God to do something that we actually don't have the capacity to do. <laughs> he calls us to do something that you and I actually don't have the strength and the capacity to do in our own ability, but we have a supernatural God who helps us thrive in our purposes instead of just survive and make it through life. And he comes into our life and he intersects us and he calls you and he meets you where you're at. God does that work. He searches you out. He finds you. We're not smart enough to find God. He finds you. He stumbles on you. He, he finds you. He searches for you. He goes into the field of your life and he walks right across the field. Doesn't go in the path. Walks right through the crop. I don't care about the crop. I care about you. He comes right up to you and he says, I have a plan for your life. I have a purpose for your life. But here's where things get interesting. Then he leaves it up to you. See, God calls you as a follower of Jesus Christ. We have a general call, of course, to share our faith and to reach people. But God actually has a specific reason for you to be on the planet. Every person on the planet today has a specific legitimate reason to be alive. And the reason God has you alive is between you and the Lord and he'll call you and give you passions and values and things that you pursue. But you have to understand something. God does his work when he calls you. There's work for you to do as well. You actually have to get up and respond. There's an expectation. The rest is up to you. Here's a story. Elijah walks into Elisha and Elisha gets this coat thrown on him, this mantle. And this is what happens next in our verse. You can look on the screen or in your Bible in verse 20. It says this, Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first, now I know there's nobody in the room today, but why don't we just say this together? First, first, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. And Elijah replied, listen, go on back, but think about what I've done to you. Go back to your old life. Go back to the things you were doing. But I want you to get this in your mind. Think about what I've just done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen, slaughtered them, used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh, passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. So I want to give you three things today from this verse, three thoughts about how you and I can thrive in the purposes of God for our life. Now, I'm not, the, the, one of the points is not that you are called, because you need to understand something. As a follower of Jesus Christ, Every single person who accepts Jesus into their life has a purpose greater than themselves. Every person. The, the issue isn't whether or not you're qualified. The issue isn't whether or not you're good enough. The issue isn't whether or not if, if you can do it. The point is this. It doesn't matter really about you. God has a purpose for you that will be beyond your capacity. It will be beyond your strength. It will be beyond your, your ability. There, it will be beyond your sin and your difficulties and your hardships. So you have to accept this fact today. God has called you. But there's three things here and that I want to uh, bring to your attention today. Three things that we have to do. And, and one of them has that idea of that idea of acceptance. And this is the first one. If you're taking notes, it says this. And it's very simple, very simple today. 
Think about it. Count the cost. Look what he says. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah, said to him, first let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and I'll go with you. And Elijah replied, go on back. Think about what I've done to you. So it's something very important that many people encounter God, have an experience with God, God rocks them, and you're left with a choice. You're left with the ability to go back and think about what just happened to me. He's giving you permission to think about your life and think about the trajectory of your life and think about the quality of your life and consider, is it worth it for me to give up everything to follow my, this creator God by faith that the life he has for me is better than the life I would have for myself. There's permission here for you to consider. And Elisha's first response was this, first let me. First let me. Elisha's first response was about himself. First let me. Let me get my finances in order. First, let me have that child, and then. First, let me pay off my debt, and then I'll do that. First, let me finish my schooling, and then. First, let me do this. First, God, I want to do it, but first, just let me take care of this, and then I'm all yours. And see, as we consider the realities of what God is calling us to do, this is what you have to work through. What is the first let me for you? What is it in your life that's keeping you from stepping forward into the call of God, stepping forward to the purposes of God? Is it a relationship that you know is not a healthy relationship, that you know is not benefiting you, but you're saying, okay, God, first let me see if this is going to work out before I pursue you. Or maybe it's you have this idea in your mind that, yes, I know God's calling me to go and do this thing, and, but I'm working this job and I make a lot of money here, but I might not make by that 20 doing that. God, I don't know what to do. Let, first let me see if this financial gift is going to work before I sell it all and go and, and do this. Those types of thinking are what comes from us not truly considering the reality of what it means to follow God. That when he comes to you and he calls you, he expects us to respond. Now here's a couple verses. I'm going to prepare you. Jesus said this. So if you're going to be offended at somebody, you talk to him about it. Luke chapter 9, 52 to 62. I'm sorry, Luke, Luke 9, 59 to 62. He said to another man, Jesus said to another man, follow me. But he replied, the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, for some of us at Love City Church, I've shared this thought before, I think at a team night before, but the, the setting of this is that this man is in a hospital room with his dying father. And what this man is going to have to do is going to have to take care of the affairs of the family. The will, uh, the, the, you know, bring uh, support and comfort to his brothers and sisters. And there's all these things that got to figure out the inheritance. And imagine Jesus walking into a hospital room and a guy is just watching his father passing away. And, and Jesus walks in. He says, hey, Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Hey, I want you to know I thought about your offer I do want to follow you, but my, I just let me finish this here. And Jesus looks at him and says, let the dead bury their own dead. Just forget about that. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. I mean, that's pretty radical. <laughs> Ryan, God didn't, Jesus didn't really, it was, like, it was metaphorical. 
He didn't really mean that he wants everything in our lives. He, that's just metaphorical. Jesus would never do that. Actually, that's exactly what Jesus meant. That the kingdom of God and the purposes of God are far more important to us than the things of this earth. Now, does that mean we neglect our family? Of course not. Does that mean we're terrible husbands and wives? Of course not. Does that mean we abandon our, our, our kids to go and, you know, preach in Papua New Guinea and leave our family behind? Of course not. I don't mean that at all. I just mean that when it comes to our world, when it comes to our life, Jesus here is saying, you have to have the value of my kingdom far higher than the kingdom of this earth. And then he continues. He says this, another man came to Jesus and said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family, just like Elisha. And this is what Jesus said. Get mad at Jesus, not me. <laughs> no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Say, so, Ryan, this is, pretty, this is pretty intense, pretty heavy. I thought I was just still thinking about it. Yes, you have to think about what Jesus is really asking of us. And when I say this, I don't mean that you need to go sell your house today and get rid of your cars and move into a cardboard box down the street. <laughs> I'm not implying that you need to go live a poverty mindset. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that in your heart, are you willing in your heart to really, truly give my everything to God? Which means he might ask us to step out of our comfort zone knowing that I can't do that, God. He says, I know because my strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. That every area of your life where you feel like you can't step out in my purposes, that's why I called you to do them. Because once you do them, you'll find that, oh my gosh, there's nothing like being in the purposes of God. It's like being a fish in water. And every time I'm finished doing that thing or taking that step, I realize this huge truth. It had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with God. So you have to take some time and consider, you gotta go back to your life after this season. But don't forget to think about the purposes of God. Look at this next verse, Luke 14. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower and won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to accomplish it? If, if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. Saying this person, see, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. When he first sit down and consider whether he's able to, with, with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. If he's not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, Jesus says, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Whew. Jesus is saying here, listen, with, to, to fulfill, the, to thrive in God's purposes, to thrive in your purpose for your life, you've got to take some time to really consider, really think, do I really want to go all in or not? Because God doesn't want us all in, or he doesn't want us in the middle. <laughs> he wants us all in. So we've got to take some time. Think about God's purposes for your life. Consider what that means. Count the cost. Just like Elijah said to Elisha. Here's a second one. Accept it. Accept the purposes of God or take up your cross. Look what it says in 1 Kings 19, 21. Elisha returned to his oxen, slaughtered them, used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He pa passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate it. Notice in this scripture, it doesn't say that Elisha said goodbye to his parents. It doesn't say that he went back and, and had a big party with his parents. It says, you know what? He just accepted it. I'm called of God, and this is what God's asking me to do. 
and I've made a decision that I'm going to do that. I'm going to accept the fact that, that I am going to follow God. And how do we know that Elisha made a decision and accepted it because he burned his old life up? He didn't just take the oxen and burn the oxen. He took the actual plow to do the work. And he didn't leave it there so that if one day things didn't work out, he could go back to it. He could always get more oxen, but a plow, that's difficult to get. He took the plow and burned it and burned the oxen on it. He completely left his old life behind him. Now, I want you to hear me. I'm not insinuating today that you're supposed to leave people behind and life behind. And if God's calling you to something today, I'm not saying, Ryan, you need to go tomorrow and put in your two-week notice and, again, leave your job and go be uh, someone who goes out on the streets. And maybe if that's the Lord's calling you to do, then you should respond and obey. But what I'm saying is this, is that many times when we become a follower of Jesus Christ, we firstly, we love the emotional moment of coming to God. We love that idea, but then there's this reality that sets in where we have to consider, does God really mean that I have to give him this relationship? Does God really mean that I need to give him this addiction? Does God really mean that I need to give him this endeavor that ultimately isn't of him? And I kind of knew that, but now that I know God, he starts to speak to me. You start to think about your life and what happens, your values change. And you begin to realize that things that you once pursued are no longer things that are valuable anymore. And as you become a disciple of Jesus, you have to accept that fact and decide, I'm no longer going to give myself to that old way of sin. I'm no longer going to give myself to that old way of thinking. I'm no longer going to give myself to the old relationships or that old behaviors or that old things. I'm going to leave my old life behind. I'm going to light a match. I'm going to burn it up and I'm going to leave it behind. Why? Because I am a new creation in Christ. The old has gone and the new has come. I don't need to be like that anymore. I don't need that affirmation from that unhealthy relationship anymore. I don't need that pornography. I don't need that alcohol. I don't need those drugs. I don't need those things anymore. Why? Because now I've committed myself to the purposes of God and I'm going to follow after God. I'm going to burn my old life and I'm going to accept the fact that my life is now about the purposes of God. But also we have to actually burn uh, some of your, your yokes, your, your burdens. Matthew uh, 11, 28 to 30 is a very famous verse that says, come to me all those who are weary. Come to me. And the message says, uh, learn from me. Learn from me the unforced rhythms of grace. Some of us are carrying around some yokes, some burdens, some unforgiveness, bitterness, some fear, some doubt, some anxiety. Some of us are carrying these burdens on our shoulder and wondering, why can't I fulfill the purposes of God in my life? It's because you don't just only have to burn your old life. You gotta, you gotta accept the yoke of your father. And that's what he says. Take my yoke upon you, for it is easy and light. You look at that yoke of the father, if you study that out, that's actually a custom-made yoke for an oxen. And that custom-made yoke that goes on the back of that oxen or the ba our backs is actually the yoke of the love of our Father. And so when you and I choose to leave our old life behind, we also get to take these heavy burdens, these heavy, difficult things. When we accept the purposes of God in our life, you have to give up the unforgiveness. If you accept the purposes of God for your life, you've got to give up the bitterness. 
If you accept the purposes of God in your life, you've got to give up the old thinking and the things that are holding you back. And you have to embrace those things for your life. And you have to begin to, I'm sorry, begin to embrace the love of the Father for your life. And you take off that yoke and put on the yoke of your Father. Burn that other yoke, but accept the purposes of God, which are ultimately this. God loves you. The Father cares for you. He's proud of you. He has a plan for you. You don't have to do anything else to be in his grace. You already are there. And as we put on this custom-fitted yoke of our Father, it just, the purpose just fits perfectly. And you just get to be you. And you get to be comfortable in your own skin. And you don't have to try so hard anymore. And you get to be the man or the woman of God God's called you to be. And you don't have to worry about the opinion of other people. Why? Because I've accepted the yoke of my Father, the love and the approval of my Heavenly Father. You've got to accept it. You've got to accept this reality for your life. The third thing is this. Very simple. We need to think about it. We need to count the cost. You need to accept it. Take, take up that cross. And lastly, you need to go all in. Follow him. Run towards God's purposes with your life. Run towards them. Don't walk towards them. Don't, don't just meander towards them. Run. Get going. Don't wait any longer. Don't wait until you can rationalize it. This is where people make the biggest mistake in the purposes of God. They wait for fact to override their faith. <laughs> we wait for the natural to make sense in the supernatural. It doesn't make any sense. How is God going to provide? I don't know. He's just faithful. I don't know what's going to happen when I step out in the water. I just know I'm going to walk on it. Because when you accept the purposes of God for your life, you have to realize something. That becomes the priority of your existence. 1 Kings 19, 21, Elisha returned to his ox and saw to them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate and he went to Elijah and became his, his assistant. He went after him. Notice, he slaughtered his oxen. He, he, he made, he made a, a fire with the plow. He roasted the flesh. He did something about it. This is where most followers of Jesus struggle. You've made the decision. You accept it. But you still haven't done anything about it. God has spoken to you you must obey. He has spoken to your heart to start that business, start that podcast, start that relationship, break up that relationship, stop that habit, start this, start that, end that. He's spoken to you clearly. And I say, oh God, that's not for me. Oh, this person will say this and this person will think that. No, 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 no. If you're going to accept the purposes of God for your life, you need to go all in. Chips all in. God, I'm going to burn it all. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to leave it behind. You need to prioritize God's purposes. Elisha didn't go back and beg his dad for his inheritance. Elisha didn't go back and say goodbye to his mom and dad. Elisha didn't go back and try to figure out how he can make this work and have a little side hustle so he can make more money. Elisha just left it all behind and says, I'm going all in for the purposes of God. What this meant for him is that he made the purposes of God a priority do you want to know how I know he made the purposes of God a priority? Did you notice this in the verse? That when 
when Elisha burned all of the yoke and he burned the animal, he handed it out to the townspeople. It doesn't say in the verse that Elisha ate it for himself. The first thing Elisha did when he accepted the purposes of God and went all in, he began to find purpose in his life by serving other people. The first thing he did was he gave everything that was his and he gave it away to somebody else. Look at that. Everything he had, that's all he had left was that meat. And he handed it away. The evidence that we're prioritizing our lives is that our life is no longer just about me. Our life becomes about our neighbor who knows, needs to know Jesus. Our life becomes about that coworker who's struggling in their life. My life becomes about sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone around me. My life becomes about believing by faith that my God can do the impossible and that my God can heal sick bodies and that my God can restore finances and that my God caused those things that were dead to come to life. My life is no longer about a dollar and no longer about an accolade and no longer about a promotion and no longer about the yacht and no longer about the retirement and no longer about the future. My life is now about the purposes of God. And all I can say to him is, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Here I am. Send me, oh God. No longer about me. The evidence is that he gave all of these things away. No one asked him to do that. And then it says he went after Elijah. Now, Elijah was already far away. Imagine this for a moment. Elijah throws the coat on him. Elijah walks away. Elisha runs to Elijah. Elisha runs back. He burns the oxen. He builds a fire. He cooks the meat. He gives it all away. I imagine Elijah kept walking because that seems like the kind of guy he was. He wouldn't really wait for Elisha. And Elisha didn't just walk. He didn't just like, okay, guys, bye. And just like, okay, let's go. No, he was like, okay, where's Elijah? I just gave up everything for God. I just gave up everything for his purposes. I'm going to run after Elijah. Come on, where is he? And is he saw, oh, there he is. He just started running as fast as he could towards the purposes of God because he knew I gave up everything for this. The evidence and the fruit that you are thriving in your purposes is that your life is no longer about you and that you spend every day chasing after the purposes of God for your life. Chase it down and God, what do you want from me today? The crazy thing about this story is that it reminds me of one of my most favorite stories in the Bible, the scripture God gave me when we moved to Calgary, the story of the man in Mark chapter 10 who was called the rich young ruler. You know the story. A man came to Jesus and simply said, Jesus, how do I have a relationship with you? How do I have eternal life? How do I experience everything you want from me? And Jesus says, well, you need to be a good person. Did you follow the commandments? Yes, I follow the commandments. What else? And it says in the scripture that Jesus looked at him and genuinely loved him. And he recognized there's still one thing that you're lacking. Give everything that you have and I want you to give it to the poor just like Elisha. Give everything you have and give it to the poor and you come and follow me. I want you to think about this. I want you to accept that I've called you and I want you to go all in. Come on, buddy. This, you want to experience a relationship with me? You want to experience wealth and riches and, and, and fruitfulness in your life? If you want to experience the wealth meaning contentment and godliness? You want to experience the blessings of God and the favor of God in your life? This is all you got to do. You got to give everything up and come and follow after me in the 
Bible says that the man's head hung low because he had many possessions and he walked away. Elisha, he gave everything away and he ran towards the purposes of God. This man heard what was expected of him and he put his head down low and he walked away from God. What does Jesus want from this man? He just wants his heart. He doesn't want some of your heart. He doesn't want you to go all in and leave some of your chips on the side. He doesn't want everything. He doesn't want 90%. He doesn't want every relationship but that one. He doesn't want all the addictions but this situation. He doesn't want all the attitudes but this one. He wants it all. He wants to say, come on, go all in for my purposes and I promise you that God's way is so much better than our way. You might be here today watching and you say, Ryan, what do I got to do? Literally, nothing. All you have to do is give Jesus your heart. That's it. You say, well, Ryan, what about all the other stuff? About the, the giving to the poor and, and giving this thing up. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. I don't know what he wants you to, to surrender. I don't know what he wants you to give up. I don't know what he wants to give yourself to. I don't know the, 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 the large, amazing things that God has in store for you. I can't give you those details, but what I do know is this. It's very simple. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I give you my heart. Today, make one step towards the purposes of God. And think about it. Accept the fact, okay, I'm called of God. He's got a purpose for my life. I don't know what it is. I don't know how big it is, how small it is. I don't know what it's going to take. But all I know is this. God's way is so much better than my way. God's way is full of peace and, and joy and satisfaction and fulfillment and provision and future. And I know that no matter what happens in my life, every single day I'm taken care of. Because if he cares about the sparrows of the field and the lilies of the field, he sure cares about his creation, his sons and his daughter. I know that if I follow after the purposes of God, that I will experience satisfaction and fulfillment like I would never experience anywhere else. And all it takes is your heart. And then he says to you, hey, Ryan, you should probably stop looking at that. You should probably stop talking like that. You should probably like being like, like this, buddy, I, I want to encourage you to think this way and have that relationship. And he starts speaking to you. He starts changing you over time. That's not my job to tell you that. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And as we respond and we obey, guess what happens? You'll realize the more you know Jesus, the more you're in the center of his purposes. What do I got to do, Ryan? Just love Jesus. Just give him your heart. Give him everything. Give him every ounce and every inkling, every heart, mind, soul, and strength. And guess what happens? You're just going to be living your life and you'll look down and be like, oh my gosh, I'm in the center of God's will. <laughs> How did I get here? It's because you just chased after God. You just chased, at, chased after his heart. He wants a relationship with you today and maybe you're here and you're watching and you're far from God. You don't know him. Maybe you're, uh, we would call uh, this person somebody who maybe feels like they're lost. Maybe they're lost and separated from God. Maybe you're here today and that's you. I want to pray for you today. And then I'm going to pray for those who are watching who are followers of Jesus and need some encouragement tonight. Come on, you're here today. It's very simple. If you want to accept Jesus Christ in your heart, it's very simple. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Bible says you're saved. So I could lead you in this big, long prayer, and, and a lot of different people do that, and that's okay, but I really want to create a moment for you and God where you just have to say this in your heart. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I confess with my mouth that I believe in you, and I want you in my life. If you want to say that today, just go ahead and say that right now, and I'm going to pray for you. 
Father, we just pray for every person today who gave their life to you. You alone know, Jesus, who gives their lives to you. I don't know that what that is, God. Only you know. So I pray for those people that are watching today who maybe you've been in church for a long time, but you've never made this commitment to go all in. Maybe you've been a part of, of a Catholic church or a, 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 a denominational church or maybe you're not even uh, religious at all and you say today, man, I want to know Jesus. I just pray, Father, for that person. I pray that your mercy, your grace, and your peace would fill their home right now, that you'd fill them with your love and your power and your strength and that they would sense your presence over them right now. In Jesus' name, we pray for every person Lord is watching who knows you. Lord, fill them with your grace. I pray that they would ask the question, Lord, am I all in or not? Have I given my everything to you or not? And Holy Spirit, you'd convict them and they'd move forward and they'd experience the satisfaction and joy that comes from serving the purposes of God. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Have a great Sunday. We love you guys so much. And we'll see you next week with our new series, Hidden Treasures. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.